We're bringing you all you need to succeed in the real estate business. It's Spilling the LT, brought to you by Lawyer's Title, telling you what it's really like to work in real estate. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Tamara Gady. Today, we're going to talk about how investors can continue to invest in this particular real estate market. But first, if you like my content, you're really going to love my escrow team. So I hope you'll give me an opportunity to talk to you about your title needs. You can reach out to me on all of my social media platforms and let's get a conversation going. Today's guest is Mike Hansen. He is the co-founder and CSO of ZHS Investments. I can't believe I just rolled that one off. And he is a very valued partner of mine. Uh, he has a lot of expert uh, expertise in the investment market, wholesaling, flipping. So I know that we're going to have a really good conversation today. Welcome back to the show. This is your second time, Mike. Thank you. I appreciate you having me back on. You're awesome. I'm so excited to have you here because, um, you know, we've been in meetings before and you are an incredible wealth of information. And I'll tell you the one time that it really hit me how much you care about research and making sure that you guys are doing good business. Uh, this was when all the creative financing stuff started. And I was like, what's a novation deal? What's, what's, a, what's a this deal? What's a that deal? Yep. You know, because um, we all see lending trends depending on the market, right? Yep. And so a lot of the, you know, investors and wholesalers in your world had to get creative when money started getting really expensive, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we started to see seller financing deals and some of these other creative financing deals. And so um, I didn't have a clue as to what those were. And I'm happy to be vulnerable about that. Right. And you had done an extensive amount of research, the pros and cons of each type of creative financing deal. And so that really impressed me and stayed with me. Well, thank I you. I hope you know that. Yeah, thank you. So let's kind of talk about where we're at right now, okay? okay. Uh, we are in July of 2023. They just raised interest rates again. Yay. <laughs> and um, so we're seeing a, a, a slowdown, and we know why. Money's too expensive. There's not enough meat on the bone in deals. So right. let's kind of break that apart right now. And so I guess my first question is, how are you guys finding – because you're still rolling down the road. Yeah, so how can you share with me how you guys are finding and analyzing deals and, and are able to find ones that are that fit within your parameters to go ahead and go under contract on? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you hit the nail on the head. Money has gotten crazy expensive compared to what we're used to recently in the last five years, right? It was almost free. Even on the investment side, it was, sure. you know, for long-term rentals, you could get a 30-year fix for, you know, anywhere from 3.75 to 4.5%. So even the rental market was... Uh, amazing if you didn't want to flip and flip, uh, yeah, fix and flip. Sorry, um, so it really makes you have to uh, put your ego down and, yeah. and realize, hey, you know what? I might not love buying from wholesalers, and I say that, you know, as a wholesaler because we, you know, I got in the business just wholesaling. That's how I started out and mm -hmm. learning how to fix and flip. And um, I see a lot of uh, when money was less expensive. I saw a lot of uh, fix and flippers who just hated buying from wholesalers and. I think part of that came from they would see a fee a wholesaler made on a certain property if they made a, a home run fee on a property, not really realizing how many properties they maybe only made twenty five hundred or five thousand on. Right. There's a lot of overhead that goes into that side. So on, <clears throat> on my behalf as a wholesaler and other wholesalers, as fix and flippers, you've got to realize like if your math works, who cares where the property comes from? Right. Did you get it at the foreclosure auction? Did you buy it from an agent off MLS? Did you buy it from a wholesaler? who cares if the math works, you know? So that was one thing I just really realized early on is you, you've got to put the 
the emotional side of part of it and stick to the math, you know. So we just went back and and realized explaining why our offer is our offer mm -hmm. uh, to agents because we get deals through agents too, mm -hmm. you know, that they're still going to get paid. We insist on the agents getting paid. Uh, if the seller can't take care of them, we'll take care of them. Um, but why our offer is what it is, and we don't have any problem being transparent with the numbers. You know, if it's a more expensive property, our spread has to be bigger because the the cost of money's higher. Yeah. Um, you know, and if there's if it's a five hundred thousand dollar property and you're going to put a hundred thousand dollars into it, you know, your your loan's going to cost you a minimum six thousand dollars a month in holding costs, and it's probably going to take you one hundred twenty days from close to close. So you've already got four months. So you've got $25,000 just in holding costs. And, and that's just for your money person. That yeah. doesn't include taxes, All the rest of it. taxes utilities, insurance, <laughs> your, your exit costs <clears throat> for commissions when you, when you list the property and sell it. Um, so it just takes bigger chunks of cash to do a more expensive property. Yeah. So we used to do almost exclusively, you know, $500,000 and up uh, listing, I remember. listing yeah, prices. I remember. You know? So we had to, to make a pivot to... You know, really stuff that was $350,000 and less because your buyer's pool is like so much bigger. If you've got now a million dollar house, your buyer pool just does this. Well, anything luxury, unfortunately, just isn't moving right now. Yeah. The luxury market is dead. It's it's tough. It's, <laughs> I want it to come back so yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? But, you know, that's a really big golden nugget that you said. One of, that you guys have had to pivot, move into lesser price points. Yep. Um because the buy so that you can offload the property quicker. Yep. Yeah. That way your holding costs don't kill you. You know, people don't realize you, you hold on to that thing next for three or four months. That's a big chunk of your profit, you know? So even on stuff that's three fifty and lower, we really looked at, Hey, if, if my price point, if I'm buying for me and my family and I'm out there searching for houses and I have $350,000 that I'm approved for, would I feel good moving my family to that neighborhood? If we can say yes, we would buy it as long as the math worked. Um, and we've jumped back up now into some of the more um, moderate ranges, anywhere yeah. from you yeah. know three seventy five to six hundred. You know, yeah. six hundred is really our comfort cap, unless it's you know Canyon Creek and Richardson or sure. areas of Frisco or Plano where it's still moving really, really fast. But it, it's very uh, micro pocket specific for for what neighborhoods we'll buy in if it's mm -hmm. above that three hundred fifty or four hundred thousand dollar. Uh, listing price when we're done fixing it up. So, well, and this is a little off topic, but I'm going to back up to something you yeah. just briefly tapped into. Okay. Uh, you said that you, if it, if it, you look for houses because people need places to live, mm -hmm. and that 350 price point is an affordable price point for Texans. Yep. And it's starting to tap into something, and 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 this is also kind of backing up because you said wholesalers have a bad rap. I want to be very clear about wholesaling, right? Yeah. We, uh, we lawyers title, me, yeah. have a, a pretty good experience now with wholesale investors. And there, it is very unfortunate, but there are wholesalers out there doing really bad business. Yeah, I would agree with that. And what people need to understand is there is a place for wholesaling in the market, there oh, are houses that are not fit for MLS. The sellers are distressed. You know, they need to get out of their house quickly. They don't have the money to rehab it. Like, there's all these reasons why yep. wholesaling is necessary. Agreed. But what you need to understand about ZHS, and I've got a couple of other ones, is, and I sat in a room with Sean and Kyle, okay, not too long ago, of them talking about this. Yep. The care that you give your sellers, and I'm talking about explaining exactly what's going to happen. That is a huge. We have a lot of people who 
try to wholesale a deal and the seller has no idea what they've actually signed on for. Right. Okay. And so having the care that you have with just people in general, you guys are just good guys. Well, thank you. I got an email from one of your people about a whole campaign for school supplies and backpacks for underprivileged. Right. Yeah. And so it's things like that. You have to understand not all wholesalers are doing bad business. No, there aren't not at all. wholesalers out there wanting to help people and also have a successful business. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's uh, and thank you for the kind words, by the way, it's where I've been super blessed to have Kyle and Sean are my business partners, by yep. the way, for anybody who doesn't know that um, amazing business partners who, who truly care about people. And yes, we want to make a profit. We're in the business to, to make money. Um, but we can, you know, uh, a rising tide raises all ships. You know, if everybody in the deal can make money, including your sellers, um, it's a win for everybody. It is. You know, and I think the the part that really sticks out for me is if you go into it with a solution mindset of how do I help my seller who's got a unique situation, a problem, how do I help them fix that problem? Mm -hmm. Maybe the best option is still to list it on MLS. Maybe it's not a cash offer from a wholesaler. Right. Um but when you can go through the list and say, hey, this is what I think your house would list for in the as-is condition. This is what I think if you put you know, a certain amount of money and do the repairs, here's what the comps look like. Mm -hmm. um, when you can do that and walk them through the whole process, it makes it better for everybody. Yeah. And then if you're like, hey, the goal is to get to the closing table, right? So if you're the wholesaler and the only thing is that you're just trying to make the biggest amount of money possible, are you really doing the best service for the seller, if you can, sure. if you can help your seller move, if you can get them set up in another place, if you can put a little extra money in their pocket so they can get a fresh start, and you can still make good money, awesome, you know. And as long as you go into it that that um, that mindset of helping the seller out, and sometimes our seller is the wholesaler, right? So if we can help the the wholesaler get the deal across the finish line, if we're the end buyer, um, that's that's a win too. But I think you know what helps set us apart is we don't just put every house under contract. Just, Correct. just to try to get a contract. <laughs> Correct. You know, if, if your KPI or key performance indicator as a wholesaler is just number of contracts, the, you're kind of a little misguided. It should be number of contracts you can actually close or have a... Have <gasps> magic a, word, a magic huge, to my ear. Have a very high, ears, yeah, yeah, very high percentage <laughs> likelihood that yeah. you can get that deal closed. I mean, sometimes you get to the house and it's like nothing you expected. Um, but for the most part, if you're putting it under contract, you should... You should be ninety five percent positive you're closing on that deal. Well, it, and I'm not trying to throw any, anybody under the bus here. So no, listen, me neither. There's well, some great no, wholesalers so besides us. But what I'm about to say may sound like I'm trying to throw okay. somebody under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. And I want to be very clear. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus here. But I also I think a good indicator of a good wholesale company is a huge pool or database of people that can buy the property. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, for example, a wholesaler that's trying to wholesale and doesn't have an in buyers list, the likelihood of their transaction closing drops. And I oh, have history in this. So yeah. I'm at 80% termination rate. Yeah. That, and that's, that, unfortunately, I think 
they, they probably go into it with great intentions of yeah. trying to get it closed. I'm not saying like wholesalers are out there trying to do bad business. I don't no. think I don't think that at in all. In this particular instance, yeah. it's not that. It's just they don't have they don't have resources. They don't have the resources. And I think the other part where it trips up a lot of wholesalers, if they've never done rental properties or they've never done fix and flips themselves, yeah, um, or been a part of a team who does where they can learn from that, they don't realize like inflation might say it's seven or eight percent. But on a lot of the cost of goods, real inflation is 20, 30, 40%. Yeah. Rehabs that used to cost us $40,000 are costing us $65,000. You know, so the old formulas of, you know, ARV times this times this minus this don't work if you haven't adjusted for the cost of labor and the, the actual cost of goods. That is very important what you just said. Yeah. And a I think that, that gives us- used to take you 40, cost 40,000, now cost 65. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, if- you can't treat wholesaling like a job. You have to treat it like a career and it should be constant learning of researching, asking flippers, what are their costs? Well, how much does it actually do cost to do a house like this right now? Yeah. So that you can run accurate numbers because A, that helps you gain credibility as a wholesaler. Um, it's what's helped us g gain a great reputation over the last um, half decade that we've been doing it is um, our numbers are usually very, very accurate. We run it past realtors, we run it past lenders and we lend. Um, and we still run it past other lenders, yeah. you know, and we're constantly asking questions. We're constantly learning the business from other people um, so that we can have accurate numbers. So it helps you gain credibility, but it also helps you help your seller. And if you're doing it with a solution mindset with your seller, um, it helps them because you can give them an accurate number and not have to back out of the contract mm -hmm. the, the last day of option or the day before closing because all of a sudden there's uh, no buyers available. Right. So, you know, and, and if you're a newer wholesaler, you know, I don't, we don't do actual mentorships with people right now. We've batted around a little bit. I don't love the idea of 50 people in the class that you've charged 25,000 that works for some people. For me, I like more of the one-on-one -on -one stuff. Yeah. I'm always happy to, to answer a few questions. I can't, sure. I can't just bring you in as a full men mentee, yeah, yeah. you know, and give you all the secrets of the business. But if you got a few questions on, on how to help, if you need help selling a property, um, we do help other wholesalers uh, sell properties too. Um, you know, our goal is to the, the more people that do the business the right way, the wheel keeps spinning for everybody. Um, and we can help that. a lot more. Yeah. And we can help <laughs> and you can help a lot more people. You, you can know? help a lot so. more people. And you know, what you, what is a, a consistent underlying vein of what you're talking about today is service, Yeah, service to others. Right. And so I think that there, it, Again, there is a place for wholesaling, and I think that um, I, I'm very appreciative that we had this part of the conversation because it, it helps others learn that not all wholesalers are bad. No, and you know? there's a lot of great wholesalers out there. We're not, we don't have a monopoly on the market of being good wholesalers. There's other great companies that we do business with, too. Yeah, I'm actually and, very blessed to have a couple of, you yeah. know, have some of you guys that are just really good people doing really good business. And so I'm 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 personally very blessed that you guys continue to partner with us. So thank you for that. You've been a great partner in business too. I mean the 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 fact of our side of the business is one point, right? But once you get it to a title company, if the title company doesn't understand uh the investment side of it, because right. it, it's a parallel universe to the retail side. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's I forgot who told me that, but they said people um they know how to they know how to live, but they don't know how to die. Um, meaning you are not wrong. <laughs> mean, yeah, you know, there, there's they're not always, set up. How many people don't have wills? Don't, don't have any estate planning? Don't you know? There, and there's it's all crazy. kinds of issues on title because yeah. there's all these people that you know have a right to the property that aren't even with us anymore. You right. know, so people don't, yeah, unfortunately, understand that they need to set this up. Yeah, and if you get to the wrong title company that 
doesn't understand that side of the business and they these can't drag out for years and i've mm-hmm. had ones that have drug out for i think the first deal i ever did took 18 months to close stop it well there was like 23 literal heirs two were in prison one for capital murder like li- <laughs> true story i've heard I, all I these wish, stories before <laughs> i wish i was making it up for <laughs> yeah. a fact but that is a true story yeah. um and i never thought it was going to close and it ended up closing but um you know, a title company that can a understand the investment side of it, and time yeah. is still of 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 the essence on these deals, but also understands that it's more than just, you know, there's more types of ways to get a deal across the finish line than just your old school double close mm-hmm. or an assignment. You know, mm-hmm. there's multiple ways to help everybody to still get the deal across legally, um, right, and ethically, and still have an insurable title. So it's uh, you guys have been a great partner in business too. So thank you very much. Um, let's kind of move on. Did we address how you guys are finding deals? Um, a little bit, you know, just a quick recap. We still buy from other wholesalers. We yeah. do direct mail campaigns. We have realtor referrals. We have, we search MLS. We have, um, a full acquisitions team in-house that does, you know, text messages and things like that. So there's, yeah. there's multiple ways to do it. It's just, you just have to be so much, uh, more due diligence goes on the front side in sure. terms of what, what's my realistic, list price when I'm done or ARV for investors mm-hmm. out there who know the lingo. Um, what's my realistic ARV that I can prove on paper? Uh, when the market was crazy um, and everything was going way over, we even got guilty of it a couple of times. Be like, well, I know it's paper says it's this amount, but I know it's going to sell for this. So we do the deal. You just can't do that anymore. It has to be, what can you prove on paper? Yep. Yep. And, you know, and, it, and for wholesalers putting deals out you, there, you can't continue to say, Hey, I think, my gut tells me this. Well, my gut tells me that too. But uh, when I go to a lender, I got to say, this is what I know it'll sell for. Sure. Worst case scenario, I can exit at this price. If I even take a little bit off and the deal still works, then it's probably a safe deal that a lender will lend on and that you can get across the finish line. So, Okay. So I think, you know, while a lot of people are taking a pause, did you say mm-hmm. pencils down right now? Was that you? Because I just did it. Uh, no, oh, but I've heard people say okay. that. Yeah, I've heard I people say that. I did another podcast yes- recording yesterday with another wholesaler. So there, <laughs> there might be like the conversations are going to run right. into each other. He was like, yeah, a lot of investors are pencils down right now. I'm like, yeah, that's a good term for it. But I think there's still, you know, and I've taken a pause as an investor. I've got yep. some other things that I'm working on. Right. And So this taps into the next thing that I want to talk to you about. If you are not able to actively buy and sell property right Mm -hmm. now because you don't, you, because what we have already said is this is a referral network. This is a network of referrals, right? And so this is, this stuff isn't like traditional real estate and it's all built on a community of people that, that network and refer business back and forth to each other. So it may be hard for an investor that's outside of real estate, you know, just an individual investor to find a deal right now. Yeah. So there's alternative ways that you can continue to invest and grow your money that aren't the stock market. Right. Right. So let's talk about your capital fund and because I want to tap into um well you have you have you, we have like three line item things here that you guys do for passive income yeah okay and so a lot of people while they want to sit on the sidelines from actively being an investor they can still invest their money in passive income streams and still be able to capitalize right yes. so let's talk about let's start with uh the long term okay capital the capital fund yeah so our Titan real estate capital fund is more geared towards your long-term passive investor who doesn't need to have l- l- liquidity right away. Right. Um, so what th- what that allows us to do, it's really a three to five year exit plan. They could exit sooner, but to get the most on their money, um, 
really you've, you'd want to be able to set that money aside for three to five years and say, I don't need to touch it. I just want to make money on my money. And most of the terms I hear about are five years. Yeah. So, even long, uh, even a little bit longer, five to seven. Yeah. yeah we, so. we have the, uh, our goal is three, but, uh, on the PPM, it is up to five years for, okay. for the exit now. Um, cause that allows us, so it's set up where the investor at the front side makes, uh, 75% of the money and we only make 25% of the money up until a certain return on investment. And then when they get to that point of their, they get the hundred percent of their investment, the eight percent preferred, and then they get up to I think it's don't quote me on this, um, sixteen or eighteen percent. Once it gets to that on their investment, then it flips to where we get seventy five percent, and they still get a twenty five percent drip on top of that. Well, so. let's back up for a second because there's okay. So initially, mm -hmm. you make an initial investment. Yep. All of these capital funds have a minimum investment amount. Yep. Typically, I hear somewhere between fifty and a hundred thousand. Yep. Ours is fifty. Okay. Yep. So the investor will give you fifty thousand dollars. Yep. And then you. It goes into the fund. It's it's a fully regulated uh, fully regulated fund, if I can talk. Um, so it is uh, registered with SEC. Uh, Michael and John both were Wall Street professionals for a long time. Michael ran the Royal Bank of Canada's investment fund, a billion dollar fund. So they are the ones who actually put all the legalities and protections okay. for our investors in place. So okay. it's a very very protected fund. Uh, it's a very safe fund. So I mean, obviously, there's always risk involved. Sure. But, um, there's a ton of protections built in for the investors. So when we get that investment, it pulls in with another larger group of investors. Correct, yes. So the goal is to get to $20 million, and then we can go out and buy turnkey rentals, um, fix and flips. It gives us a little more flexibility. So if we've got 20 houses going at one time and say we're capped out with our um, properties, we could turn one into uh, a rental for the next one to three years, wait for the market to continue to appreciate and then exit at that point. And all those, that money goes into the fund. And that's a little bit different than what I no have normally or historically heard about capital mm -hmm. funds because most of them take the money and go buy a large multifamily product with it. So yeah. you guys are a little bit no uh, differently diverse in the portfolio holdings than yeah. what I normally yeah. hear Yeah, we'll do some single family. We'll do some multifamily. Um, it can be used for leverage for the multifamily if we've got other debt secured for the multifamily. So we can get really... Um, I don't want to call it creative because that sounds kind of scary. Yeah, um, but we diverse. Can, yeah, diverse is definitely a better word. Um, really diverse way of doing it. So the the main goal is to do fix and flips first. So you're getting big chunks of money back into the fund right away. Okay. Um, or, you know, unfortunately, I think we're going to see a lot of um, newer build houses start to hit the market where people just got in trouble. Um, That's happening in my neighborhood. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> they all want to lease, and I'm like. Unfortunately, America's always been beat the Jones, right? So you you always want the best house, and people were were maxing their budget for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so if they had three to five hundred dollars a month in disposable income, that's gotten eaten up on gas, yeah. groceries, just the cost of living. So people would start to put bills on credit cards, and then now all of a sudden the credit cards maxed out. What starts to go? Do you file bankruptcy? Do you go late on your house payments? Do you just sell the house and downsize? Um, so unfortunately. I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, 2000 and up builds that, that do hit the market that make great turnkey rentals. I agree. Um, and I think as an investor, it's a great time to buy those. Um, you know, so if you're looking for a passive income, if you can get into a fund, whether it's our fund or somebody else's fund where you're protected by volume. Yep. Um, and that's what makes the fund so secure and less risk adverse for a lot of passive investors, because You'll have hundreds of houses in there. So if one doesn't make money, you've got 199 other houses. If you get, I actually houses. really like that a lot because, yeah. like I said, most of the ones I've heard about buy 
large multifamily product. Yep. Now there is some diverse, uh, there is some risk aversion in the multifamily oh, because, because the ten, you know, one tenant leaves, who cares, right? Yep. There's 300 units or whatever. And you can is. refinance out yeah. every three to five years. But if, if you're trying to run that, if you're trying to buy a multifamily now on appreciation, that's a little bit risky. Like it's got to make money now yeah. uh, while you're rehabbing it and forcing the appreciation. Um, because depending on where the market goes on who you ask, um, you know, there might be a small dip in the multifamily. There's not a lot of multifamily available right There's now. There's not, a, it's very hard to, nope. you know, it gets gobbled up. Yep. So, so I like the fact that your portfolio is diverse so that if something doesn't work, it's not tanking the entire portfolio. Correct. So what can an investor expect as far as their returns? Um, they should expect. Are they getting monthly mailbox money or no? Um, I think it's set up to bail to do it quarterly. But okay. if there's not enough uh, returns in the uh, quarterly, we do it every year. They get their dividend. That's okay. eight percent preferred return. Okay. And then at uh, anything above that, I think it's like eighteen to twenty percent. Then once they get that in their initial investment back, then we can flip it, flip the fund to where we actually make a little bit more money on it too. So okay. And so they, then they can exit out either somewhere between the three year, or is it three or five years? There, there is or? a minimum one year. If they want to pull out before that, like family crisis type stuff, they might not make any money on their money. Got it. It depends on what's going on in the fund, right? Yeah. If you've got a lot of capital invested in fix and flips and there's not a lot of single family rentals or small multifamily in there that's generating the passive income, uh, it just takes a little while to build up the returns in the fund. So that's why you see most of them that are long term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you're trying to build volume into the fund. Okay. Um, and um, so normally the goal is three years. Okay. Uh, so minimum three year. Uh, we would like it to go to five because then that allows us to obviously make a little bit of money sure. for the work too. So Sure. Okay. So that's an option. And then we've got, we talked about one-off JV deals. Mm -hmm. So you want to expand on that? That's yes. a shorter term. So there's shorter short term, term for the for the investor who wants a little more li liquidity and wants to get a higher return. Um, so... For an example, there's a couple ways we can structure it. We have a couple of private money investors. They um, they fund 100% of the purchase, 100% of the rehab. There's no interest. There's no points. So it helps us in case the property sits on the market for a month or two longer. We don't get eaten up in holding costs. Okay. Um, but we're still super conservative of what we buy. So our goal is max 120 days closing to closing. Um, buy it, close on it. We exit at 120 days. Okay. Um, so that allows the investor, really, we're shooting for 90 days so we can turn the investor's money over four times. Got it. So for an example, uh, one of our investors did that, and um, they made uh, they made $28,000 on their initial investment of $25,000. So okay. sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. And, but they, had, they got the hard money loan. They did all of that stuff. So the house was technically in their name. We did all the work, split up the profits ahead of time. So okay. they knew what to expect. Yeah. And we could make some money on it too. Um, we're great guys, but we're not a charity. Uh, <laughs> we, we have to make money. We all um, have to yes. make money. <laughs> um, so if we can turn that four times, now they've made $100,000 on their $25,000 investment. Okay. But there is more risk involved because it's tied up into one house. Now, sure. now they get first lien position. They get yeah. all of that, right? So yeah. um, there is some protection if the business went sideways, God forbid, anything happened crazy and we buy it such a discounted rate that they should be able to at least sell the house and get their money back. Okay. Um, but it is a little more risky because there's only one property. So you don't have your funds diversified like the big fund. Right. Right. Where you've got hundreds of properties. Right. If one goes sideways, you run into stuff, you know, that's completely out of your control and you just don't make money on it. Um, you're protected longer term in the big fund. So that's for your less the big fund's great for people who just want to be able to no sleep risk, better yeah. at night. Yep. Yeah. The one off deals are nice because that allows them to 
um, turn the money faster and a they get more a, sexy, a lot more <laughs> sexy. Right. So if I can make a hundred thousand dollars on a $25,000 uh-huh. investment and, I mean, it, that's and it's good, secured by yeah, real estate, that's yeah. a hell of a deal. Um, so generally that takes one of two things. Um, you either need to have a bigger chunk of money available so you can do the entire purchase price um, and rehab or the ability to qualify through a hard money lender. And then you just make up that difference. Okay. Um, so like if a hard money lender is going to give you 80% of the purchase and rehab or 80% of loan to value, there's 20% that that investor is still going to be um, on the hook for to come out of pocket to be able to do the draws and the rehab and and in, in that instance. So sure. you've, you've got to either qualify with a hard money lender, um, home line credit, yeah. um, you know, or if you've got some retirement funds that you want to borrow against, uh, one of our investors borrows against the stocks to do that because, you know, he's making 18% on every single property um, and he's turning that money over multiple times and he's making like, well, he's down in the stock market right now, you know, so he's making way more money mm-hmm. um, than he would if he had the money in the stock market and it's secured by an actual tangible asset. Right, right. So. Okay. Yeah. And uh, do we? And then there's one more. I don't want to run out of time here. No, so there, I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it fast. Small so, portfolio packages. Yes, there's. Well, actually, two more then. So there's small, small portfolio package. So let's say Tamara, you you got four or five friends that want to can put together a million bucks. We can do. It's almost called like a mini fund. Um, so we'll buy four or five houses. How many houses we can ever buy for, for that million dollars? Right. Um, and then turn that as much as possible. And that's a one year commitment on that. Um, so that allows you to get a little more volume in there, a little less risk because you have a, a few more houses on there. Sure. Um, but it is a little bit bigger financial commitment as well. And then the, the kind of like the hybrid would be, um, let's say you've got $50,000 you want to invest. Um, so we'll go get a loan in our name or use our money sources on a flip that we're going to do. And you want to do that 50000 micro loan right. um, against a property. So you, then you get second lien position on the house. And it's basically covering the rehab, the points cost for us. So we don't have all, all the holding costs. Okay. And then you make a percentage um, of the actual net profit as well. So there's a couple different ways to do it. And it's always secured by the real estate. So that is that is really cool because I've had a lot of conversations with investors that just aren't comfortable on their own right now. Well, the, the, there's the comfort level. And then sometimes you just don't have the know-how or the time. Correct. You know, because it, it, it's not like on HETV where you can just do it on the weekends. You're uh-huh. going to be in the house for a year. Yep. Um, and then you don't make any money. So, you know, the the first example I said where they made, you know, the 20, $28,000 or $25,000 on their initial investment, they both work full time. One's, one's a nurse and one's a cop and they have no time to do it and they don't want to learn how to do it. So, like, we know you, we trust you, we've seen your track record. How do we how do we get involved so we can just make our money grow a lot faster? Mm-hmm. Their goal was to pay off their current house and their new construction uh, house they just moved into in the next five years. Okay. So very achievable to yeah. do both if they can continue to make twenty five, thirty, forty thousand dollar clips on their money. Well, and I'm very much a person that likes to write a check instead of DIY. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people are like that. I love the process. Yeah. Not everybody does. Well, you're doing it every day. Yeah. I've got a whole nother job I got to yeah. do. <laughs> my, my 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 eyes light up when I get to go in and demo a kitchen uh-huh. and a master bathroom. Oh, I see your play. videos on yeah. social. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's before we wrap up again. Um, I want to make sure that we don't go too far um, over time today, but I wanted to talk about your hard money company really mm-hmm. briefly because uh, there are hard, a lot of options for hard money out there. Yep. However, 
Um, I want to hear what you guys are doing because this is a new endeavor, a newer or a new to me, not yep. knowing about endeavor. So do you want to talk about the hard money company for just a second? Yeah. And it, it's kind of, so we do actually, we do traditional retail lending too. We actually have a normal mortgage branch. Okay. And then we have kind of a hybrid product that not a lot of other people have out there. It's similar to, if you know what the FHA 203K loan is. Where, yeah, the construction. Where you're allowed to have some construction in there. We have a similar loan without all of the uh, hoops to jump through. Okay. Um, where they can actually pick one of the houses that we're working on, um, buy it at the what we would list it at, and it would be based on comps. Um, and it covers the entire uh, ZHS approved rehab. Um, so they'll get a beautiful house. No bidding wars, no driving around DFW for weekends and months on end trying to find a house that just gets sold or uh -huh. settling for one that needs a lot of updating. Um, so that's kind of a cool way they can get a, a ZHS fully rehabbed house, get the loan qualified right away, and they don't have to go through all the bidding wars and all the other stuff. They say, I love that house. This is this or that. We're not going to give them a million options in terms of finish out. We have finish outs that we go with. Um so that's one. And then we have the hard money loans that will be available very shortly. Okay. So what we learned in the business is there was this or that type of option. You either had hard money lenders that were super easy to work with, uh -huh. um, very easy process, but a little more expensive, especially on points and interest. Um, or they would throw in a bunch of like origination fees, junk fees, drop yeah. fees, all that stuff. Or you had guys and gals that were in companies that were um, very low rates, um, very low points, um, but they would still hit you with a lot of the extra junk fees. Um, and you had to have appraisals, you had to do surveys, and it was this really long process. And to get your draws, it just seemed to take forever, and you had to jump through a million hoops. Um, That's more holding costs. Yeah, so we, yeah, exactly. So we just tried to, if those two had a baby, what would it look yeah, like? You know, yeah. so um, we really want to make it super easy. So we do a desk appraisal. Okay. Um, so I don't have to drive out there and look at the property. Yeah. You know, we run comps on everything. If I got questions, we've got some great realtor partners that will look at it too. Okay. Um, most of the time it probably won't need a survey, um, especially if it's in an established neighborhood, things like that, where you're not going to run into a lot of issues like rural stuff and land would definitely require a survey, but, um, and then lower points and lower interest and none of the junk fees. Okay. So, and most of the time, if, if it's somebody that I've already done business with that's bought a lot of houses from our wholesale side, mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, all I need you to do is just FaceTime a video with me. Sure. Uh, walk through the house so I can see the work's been done, and then we just send you the draw. Got it. Um, so super, super, super easy. easy. Yep. Okay. Um, now, if you're a first-time investor, um, it might be a little higher points or interest, and I might there might be some extra checks and balances in place. But that's the advantage of working with somebody who's in the industry too and actually flips because they say, hey, you're not going to get that ARV with that rehab budget. Here's what you're going to need to do. Or if I see the workmanship on something like, hey, you've got to redo that tile or you can't use those cabinets in that house. You're never going to get the selling price that you're looking for. We can hopefully catch before they lose money and help them make money because mm. we make money if they keep coming back and, and, sure, and borrowing, sure. right? So we yeah. want to make sure they yeah. make money. Um, Everybody not, wants to make. <laughs> yeah, right? And we, nothing wrong with that. We don't want to be in the business of just foreclose on a house. We don't, yeah. you know, that's a it's pain. It's not good for everyone, no, anyone. And it's anyone. a pain in the butt, to yep. be honest, for yep. everybody involved. So um, if we can help guide some of the newer investors, it's going to be a little more expensive at first. Mm -hmm. But then after you've done a couple, then you get the preferred, you know, platinum level rate or whatever, sure. whatever we want to term it. Um, 
where it's lower rates, lower interest, and hey, you can just FaceTime me and so I see the work's done. And well, and one of the things that I've seen with hard money is they do have um, they require experience in flipping mm-hmm. in order to qualify for hard money. So me, I'm an investor. Right. I own six doors. I would not qualify for hard money because right. I'm a buy and hold and not a flipper. And if you did, it was it'd be very expensive. It'd be very expensive. Yeah. So hence one of the reasons I've never done flipping. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and I don't. We're, that's back to the bandwidth yeah. issue. I can't. Yeah. I just you, can't you're you're that, slightly busy. Yeah, I'm a little bit busy. So anyway, well, this has been a very valuable conversation today. And so thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate your uh, your character. Okay, that's super important. And your willingness to share. Oh, so um, I think that just makes everybody, it makes the world turn, right? And we're all going to keep partnering and, and doing good business together and moving down the road. So it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today, Mike. Thank Honored you. Honored to be here. Thank you for having me again. So. So that's another episode. Again, I'm your host, Tamara Gady. If you like my content, you're really going to love my escrow team. So reach out to me on all my social media platforms. Let's get a conversation going about your title needs and make it a great day. Mm-hmm.